Hey, Ron, how's it going? Doing great, Lamar. How are you? I'm great. Finally made it. Finally made it back to the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy. Happy to be back. It's been a long, long couple weeks, and I, I'm ready to talk some sports. All right, Michigan, fake or real? <laughs> we'll find out Saturday. All right. I, I mean, they really. We'll see what kind of team they are. They're at home. They don't really have any excuses. They have to find a way to win this game. Or, you know, it really is just going to turn this season on the rails and make it about, okay, what can Jim Harbaugh do to save his job? So, uh, I I really just think Michigan's got to bring their A game. Uh, They really got to find a way to run the ball effectively. Pass the ball effectively. And or... (laughs) have some big plays it doesn't even have to be effective from an efficiency standpoint I think it really more so has to be effective from the the chunk plays getting those 15 and 20 and 30 yard passes and pass plays absolutely and using play action to to building off what you were talking about a run game that has seemed not fully functional yeah and I think you know, the element that's missing from this is there's really no threat of the quarterback run, and that really kind of makes the offense one-dimensional because if you can't run the ball, you know, with your, traditionally we're just going to hand it off to the running back either, you know. I mean, didn't a, you bring him in here for a reason? I mean, what not this the premise behind it? Isn't this offense supposed to be RPOs? That's what, that's what he's good at. I mean, you, you watch him throw on the run. He can throw on the run. He's, he's athletic. He runs the ball well. Um getting him to stay in the pocket is he holds on to the ball a little too long when he should cut and run. I don't know if someone's telling him not to run when it's just an actual, just drop back, but he really needs to cut and run sometimes. That's that, that hurts your offense a lot. Him taking a loss for a yard or throwing it up for grabs or not making a play when he, when he can maybe dump it off quick when he's on the scramble. Yeah. I think, I think he really looks hesitant to take off and run, like you said. And, and, I don't know if that's to do with, you know, some of the injury things that, uh, you know, been bandied about with him or if it's more a function of he's just not comfortable in this offense. He's maybe not comfortable with, you know, maybe, you know, how we're blocking things this year. I, you know, I don't know the intricacies of what's going All on. Right. If he if he doesn't doesn't live up to expectations that the coaching staff has for him this week, is it time to move on to maybe Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Milton? Because we've seen – both of them this season. Unfortunately, Dylan McCaffrey was out last week because of protocol concussions. Um, saw good flashes from Joe Milton. I think so, something you can build on. If if Shea Patterson was to be pulled, that's that's another burning question. Who would you put in? I mean, I guess, you know, it, it really depends. I don't really know much about, you know, McCaffrey or Milton in terms. We've seen them, you know, look impressive and do some impressive-looking things. And, you know, spurts or, you know, kind of, you know, one-off type deals. Something that catches the, the defense they're facing off guard at that point, I'm guessing. Right. I, you, know, you know, I really don't know. I really don't know what you do as far as who would come in after Patterson. But I think really a lot of your problems with the quarterback position might go away if you can find a way to effectively run the ball. Yes. Whether absolutely. that's with the quarterback, without the quarterback. 
and, you know, the defense can start to make some big plays and really, you know, clamp down on some teams and it starts to be getting back to being that truly stingy Michigan defense that we've seen in the last couple of years under Don Brown. Absolutely. All right. Let's move it over to uh, Ohio State, Michigan State. Once again, uh, we're going to say it that everyone in the fucking country is going, oh, Ohio State's on upset alert. Are you fucking kidding me right now? See, I think the problem with this game is Michigan State's defense is very good, but Ohio State's offense is also really, really good. And I really, and I know D'Antonio plays Ohio State, you know, as tough as anybody in the country. I just really can't see Michigan State's offense being effective enough to keep them in this game. I think this will be a game where you may see Ohio State get up 14 nothing, 17 nothing, just because the Michigan State offense is you know, going through one of those stretches of an ineptitude that they're used, you know, that we've seen them go through this year, the Arizona State game being an example, where they just find ways to not score points. Um, so I really think it's going to be incumbent upon the Michigan State offense to make plays, and I just haven't seen really anything from them this year so far that shows that they can do that against a top-tier opponent. I know, you know, they Lewerke and, and Daryl Stewart and, and, and Elijah Coleman, the, the, the freshman running back, they they have made some big plays this year, they but have, but have we are we going to be able to see that failed. consistently? Yeah, <laughs> they also failed plenty of times this year. Like like you mentioned, the Arizona State failure. Um, now, I think I think we're going to see the like you said the ineptitude on offense. There's no the consistency from Brian Lewerke's passing passing game is not there. Or using him using his feet not there. There's this offense always looks confused <laughs> and I think Ohio State will take definite advantage of that the confusion that that offense you know has all the time I mean you've got a good front four you've got great defensive backs and then when you look at the offensive side of the ball that defense on for MSU is great but Justin Fields hasn't thrown a pick yet you have two great running backs in the backfield and <clears throat> Justin Fields is a threat to run and he's all and he has great receivers yeah, I'm, I really see this playing out just like the Nebraska game did. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to be biased, but it's this is the way I'm feeling. It looks like it's going to be another Nebraska game. I I tend to agree with you. I just think it'll be a game where Ohio State will get up early, and it'll really just kind of be you know uh, a procession at that point of yeah, really what you know. Yeah, what can you do? I mean, I, I just don't I just don't see State's offense doing anything in this game. And I just don't as good as State's defense is, I don't see them stopping Ohio State enough to keep them in the game. Like I think it'll just be <coughs> excuse me, a game that's pretty much over if if, Ohio, if Michigan State gets down two scores early. I mean, I think the game would just be absolutely done with. All right. Let's uh Come here. Stop it. How's Rosie? <laughs> Sorry, our guest star is acting a little ridiculous right now. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I, I expect Ohio State to win this game, and I'd be shocked. Um, you know, Michigan, I think that's a toss-up game. That was one that can go either way. Um, I'll give the edge to Michigan just because it's a home game, even though, no. you know. Same with the Big Ten. Let's talk about Penn State and Purdue. It, Purdue looks bad. 
<laughs> really bad. They're one and three this year. Uh, they're without their starting quarterback now. And Penn State just comes off of a Thursday. No, I'm sorry. It's a Friday night Friday. game. Yeah, Friday night game where they rolled um, Maryland. Maryland, yeah. What? Okay, can we just pause for a second? What the what fuck happened went on with Maryland? They were like, oh, Maryland looks like a dark horse. This that might two, be a legit top 25 team. dropped to what? Two and three. <laughs> they destroyed Syracuse. It was like, whoa, is Maryland like just really good this year? And then we're like, nah. Catching, not really. catching teams off guard, man. Seriously. I mean, but they took a L. Yeah, that, that was a hard <laughs> from Penn loss. Penn State last bro. week. That one was bad. That was a hard loss. That's a rough one. I mean, that that was really bad. But uh you know, I I don't really have a good read on this Penn State team. I you know, I watched the pit game. That was a game that I felt like, you know, I mean, they pretty much gave Pitt every opportunity to steal that game, and Pittsburgh just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I really don't know. I, I really can't tell you with this team what's, you know, what's real and what's fake. All right. Kansas and Oklahoma. I know this sounds weird to talk about that, but Les Miles is at Kansas now. They've had two decent wins. I know they're two and three. And then there's Oklahoma, the machine that's just rolling. And Jalen Hurts is putting up tremendous numbers in his first couple of starts, and that defense actually looks good. I, you know, I expect Oklahoma to blow them out, but it <laughs> that's won't. What that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not like it's a game that it's like, okay, they're going to get their ass kicked in this game, but maybe next year. Once Les Miles gets an opportunity to get more of his players in there and flex some of that recruiting muscle, um, that game might be a little more competitive. I just don't think Kansas is ready to really put up much of a fight in this game. And Jalen Hurts looks like the Heisman front runner in terms of a guy that there's already the narrative of, okay, he's going now for his revenge after, you know, everything that happened at Alabama with him being a, you know, national championship caliber quarterback who, you know, just I mean, two is awesome. I mean, what else can you say? Absolutely. All right. So, what's your prediction on Michigan-Iowa? Give me the score. I like Michigan in a very Big Ten sloppy, uh, let's call it 24-20 Michigan victory. Close game. I'm saying 17-14 Iowa over Michigan. Okay. I, I it just feels like oh god it's gonna be a terrible game. All right, um, Kent State, Wisconsin. Is are, are you are you joking right now? That's an actual <laughs> game. Like that's on Wisconsin's schedule in yes. October. Yes. How? I don't know. It's amazing though because they had to schedule you guys early. <laughs> well, I'm glad they got that one out the way. Jesus. Wis- um, Wisco big. <laughs> Wisco big over the pops' alma mater. No, shout out to Kent State. They are never good ever. I mean, I think they made the MAC championship game once a couple years ago. But uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to the Golden Flashes. Fair. All right, Purdue, Penn State. I'm going Penn State, thirty-eight. Purdue, seven. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, Auburn, Florida. This is a this is a big matchup right here. Both undefeated teams. Auburn seven, Florida ten. I'm still giving the nod to Auburn. I'm I'm saying 24-10 right here. Yeah, you know, I actually like Florida's team this year, despite the injury to Felipe Felipe Franks. Uh, you know, they found a way to continue to win ball games. I, I actually like their quarterback. 
uh, you know, just sometimes you get those guys that just find a way to make plays as that, as that, you know, quarterback that's got to come in as the backup when the starter goes down. Start winning he's games, just, man. Yeah, he's one of those guys that he's going to, you know, from what I've seen, he, he can really manufacture some some offense to an extent and, and give doesn't really take a, a lot off the table um, in terms of, you know, hurting them, you know, with his limitations. Turnovers and, and, and yeah. the knowledge of the playbook. All right, Cal, Oregon, who you got? <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough one. Mind you, you know, Cal's four and one. You know, Cal's a, a team that's very much underrated this year. Um, from what I've seen of them, I mean, they beat uh, Washington, yes. and, and and they were pretty impressive in that game. So I really think it'll be a close game, but I like Oregon in that game, and I think sure. Oregon's going to be that team that you know you kind of look up. And let's, you know, say, you know, five or six weeks. And Oregon's just kind of hanging around in the picture. Oh, that Pac-12 team that's just going to hang around. Usually it's USC that does that shit. All right. I'm going to say Oregon 37, Cal 20. I'm going to say a little bit higher scoring of a game, Oregon 44 and Cal 30. All right, fair enough. All right, let's talk about another thing that's trending right now. College athletes are going to be able to profit off their likeness. What? What? We talked about this, what, 15 years ago? <laughs> I mean... You know, th- this is my, my whole take on the situation. The, people are already up in arms about whether or not, you know, God, what does this mean for college sports? This is going to destroy college sports. This right. is, that's not, it's not going to fucking destroy college sports. sports. Let's, let's just stop being ridiculous. Place for this shit? All these guys get fucking paid. I right. don't care what school it is. If they're a power five major program that's any good, there's at least one dude on the team that's getting something from somebody. It may not be fucking every guy's getting a hundred grand, but somebody's got a car that they shouldn't be driving. Somebody's got a summer (laughs) job that they ain't going to. Like these guys are getting a bunch of free shit because they're not getting paid fair market value because a college because it's called. Amateur athletics. <laughs> Amateur athletics where everybody makes money but the actual fucking people generating the product. The NCAA wow. is a non-profit organization. What exactly. It's a tax-free entity. It's unbelievable. Like, this is... This is one of the things that I absolutely just fucking can't... Stomach. I just can't... Ra- I can't wrap my head around it. I just can't wrap my head around how anybody can be against this. It's not opening up the fucking can of worms that is directly paying the athletes out of the revenues generated from collegiate sports. There's uh, actually Pennsylvania, it's Minnesota, it's Kentucky, it's California, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. So former Ohio State wide receiver Anthony Gonzalez, Gonzalez, aka Gonzo, (laughs) who is actually a a very, very successful um, politician in in Ohio now. It's actually. I wasn't aware of this until I saw uh, really the story. 
No, I, I did not know this. And, and I'm actually really, really impressed by this, that he's actually a U.S. Um, you know, representative to uh, Washington. Like he's a federal in, in the federal Congress. Um, won, won a seat in November. I mean, he's only 35 years old. I mean, this might be a dude, might be talking for some, some higher office. But, uh, you know, the point is with this man, this, this man is being elected to the United States House of Representatives. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the point with this is really, there's really no justification for this not being on the books. And I, I saw Darren Ravel, who's supposed to be, you know, this expert on, you know, all things sports business, and he's a fucking moron, in my opinion, with some of the shit he says. He posted something about how this is going to ruin it because there'll be sham, you know, endorsements and all this stuff. I go, how the fuck is that any different than these kids, the, the shoe companies, yeah, the shoe paying company, these kids a hundred grand through intermediaries? Nike to go with to the jerseys, Under Armour with the jerseys. Like, th- that's the, geez, we all know who number seven was when he was at Michigan for the most part. It was who? Chad Henney, correct? I mean, or Drew but, Henson, or yeah, plenty of players, you know, whoever it may have been. But but still, it's like at at the time when that jersey was popular, it's like that that was that's the player's likeness. This is what we're talking about here. We're talking about these guys' likeness being exploited for a free education. And you know, <laughs> one of the, and and that's something that I I want to point out is I've seen in, in, in talking with people comments about how you know these kids though they get paid they get a scholarship they get a full ride to michigan or you know usc or texas yeah. and it's like Listen. yeah we get that like you know and they get a little bit of a stipend and when i think about paying a player i don't constantly think about giving this handing this kid a five hundred thousand dollar check that's 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 not in my mind that's not how this is going to work out and that's not how it should work out no, what it what it what it should be is okay. Give these kids enough money where they can go out and do you know just be normal normal kids. people. Mean, get who, who no one gives a fuck. Give every fucking student athlete there you know an extra four grand a semester or something so a kid can live in a nicer apartment or maybe you know be able to help out back home. We got to remember, man. A lot of these fucking kids are not rich. rich. Like they don't have Tate parents. With, money. They don't have parents <laughs> with with the financial resources. You know, you know, to take care of them, like how our parents help, you know, helped us through college and whatnot. And and that's something people don't consider. And and from the the scholarship perspective, yes, they are getting a free education and, and, and that does have a real world value. But, you know, let's not act like these kids are you know, savants in their field. They just happen their field happens to be athletics. It's no different than a kid that's a music expert or a fucking you know economics genius or a fucking computer science whiz i i mean there's a that's part of college and part of the collegiate experience in a lot of these guys i mean not everybody goes pro most of the people on the U of M football team are not going to the nfl so you know what these guys do we've all seen it we've seen it with guys that were NFL All Pro and Pro Bowlers first round picks these guys are fucking they go to class they go to class more than anybody like, I mean, what, uh, Jones um, came back to Michigan. He has a tie line now. Like, he has his master's degree. The Heine Jones, yeah. I mean, these guys, it, it, we saw it when we were in school. I mean, I was in the fishbowl U of M seeing Jake Long and Lamar Woodley and Mike Hart and these guys with books 
with real books about real <laughs> subjects, typing Stop. papers. They weren't just sitting there like staring at the screen. They were like obviously in like intellectual thought. Like these people, like a some of these schools, like Michigan, they have a bare baseline that you have to achieve. That you know you're really not getting too many just absolute idiots walking around on the athletic campus at a school no. like Michigan. And, and, and most, and honestly, most athletes are actually smart. That's the other thing people don't fucking think don't realize, about. Realize, I know they just think because it's All a right, bunch of real quick. Know, yeah. Since since we're still talking college football, let's talk about a couple of things from last week. Ohio State beat the absolute tar crap out of Nebraska. Did you believe that was going to happen? Yes, I I did not understand why that was even like the Saturday night game. It was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Nebraska was about to get that ass whooped. All right. Nebraska's not ready yet, and nope. Ohio State is. That's all I'll say. Wisconsin's close game with Northwestern. What was your reaction to that? Because mine was that entire team is one-dimensional. It was uh, – I mean, Northwestern's a well-coached team. Pat Fitzgerald, uh, while I don't like him as a person, like I think he's kind of a tool, uh, he's a good football coach. I mean, he's a quality coach, and, you know, he prepares his teams well. And I wasn't shocked to see – after coming off a big win against Michigan, to see Nebraska or I'm sorry, Wisconsin kind of, you know, play a close one against a, you know, quality Northwestern team that's always competitive. All right. Clemson and UNC. It Mac Brown had all he had to do was kick the extra point. Instead, he decided to go the fucking speed option. This isn't Texas. That wasn't Vince Young. I don't know what happened. Didn't... If Mac Brown had a stroke and went back in time. But that wasn't the time for that shit. I didn't like the play call. I absolutely do not give a fuck about him going for two because is anybody ever going to say, man, you know, it made a big difference that they didn't win that game against Clemson because they went for two, but they clearly showed that they can play with the best team in America. I mean, they played goes, their ass off. Thing. What's, what the hell is going on? Clemson is just – they're starting to fall – fall back in some old ways. I mean, I think some of it is, you know, there's a lot of hype around Clemson. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has been anointed as the fucking next great quarterback prospect. Yeah, and, and there's always hype around Alabama, and here we are. What they do, they beat the doors off of Miss, uh, Ole Miss by, what, it was 59-30, 59-31? Yeah, I mean, Alabama is, is a, the, the closest thing we have in uh, college football to the New England Patriots, where it's just a given they're going to be one of the, you know, two, three, four best teams in the country pretty much every year, no matter what, um, for the foreseeable future. And they've been the more the most impressive team in the country so far this year. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, there are some landmines for Clemson on that, on, on their schedule. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for them. Um, obviously, they don't, they don't have to deal with the level of um, – That Alabama has to deal with. Has to deal with going through, going through the SEC West which looks to be a very, very good conference this year, division especially. Um, but if you look at Clemson's schedule, they really, I mean, Wake Forest, who is a surprisingly competitive team this year, um, and is ranked, you know, that's a game. And then you always got to remember, man, they got that game at South Carolina in the season. And yep. that that's a game that there's a lot of emotion there. That's a big rivalry, rivalry. That, that is one of the more underrated rivalries in the country. And even though – uh, South Carolina's, you know, struggling this year, man. You always that's a that's just a game on the road 
in a hostile environment where, you know, I, we've seen this happen time and time again. All right. So real quick, just want one opinion on this. USC Washington. This game did not go how I thought it would go. I thought USC would take care of business, but that's just me. What's your just USC or Washington? Who did you have for that one? I had Washington in that game. I think USC. I mean, this is kind of a year where they they are playing their third string quarterback. I think at this point, and I think that you know people kind of got you know kind of fell into the hype. You know, with their, their the prior week win, but I just didn't buy into the hype with them. I thought they were really a team that was going to struggle against a quality opponent like Washington. And that's exactly yep. what we saw. I mean, we saw Washington really kind of handle them in that game. Um, they were able to make some plays defensively in terms of, you know, forcing Fink into three, three interceptions. Jacob Eason, while his numbers weren't good, I think he was 16 to 26, threw for about, about 180, uh, you know, did enough in terms of managing the game and, and limiting mistakes. And then they really leaned on Ahmed, the running back, who I really like and think is, is going to be a special player. Um, I mean, he was fucking outstanding in that game, 17 for 153 in, in, a, in a touchdown. Um, yeah. And I think Washington, along, you know, I think that'll be ultimately the, Pac, the Pac-12 game of the year is going to be when Washington plays um, Oregon. And, and that's, again, uh, one of those rivalry games that's and that's coming up in two weeks that – you know, Washington does have it at home. Um, and if they can get through this next stretch here, you know, not, you know, not get tripped up with these two road games coming up against Stanford and Arizona, um, they put themselves in a position where they go, uh, you know, versus Oregon versus Utah at home. And then the rest of the, the schedule is clear sailing until that Wazoo game, which they have at home, which, you know, that would take care of tough. business. No, they but, take, I think they'll take care of business. I mean, that's a team where you look at them, they're four and one right now. I mean, they do have the one loss to Cal. By, by a point, but if they run the table, uh, you could really see Washington kind of creep into that playoff picture. Uh, yep. Yeah, especially given, you know, you know what emerges from the from the South division. You know, if a team, you know, like a Utah can... Now you brought, no, wait, hold on. Now you brought up the playoffs. Give me your top four teams right now, and then we're going to move on to the NFL. Top four teams right now in college, I go number one. Um, Nebraska. Or I'm sorry, gosh, why, why I keep saying Nebraska? Wow. Number one, Alabama. I'll say, and this, this is in terms of teams, I think that have been the most impressive. I'll say number one is Alabama. I'll I say agree. number two was Georgia. I'll say three, Ohio State. I put Ohio State at two. Okay, and then I'll say number four is, is um, I really like what I've seen from LSU so far this year. So they, I don't even, I don't have Clemson in my top four right now. Um, they, they just haven't looked impressive, but they haven't looked as impressive this year so far. And you know, I mean, I really think Georgia's looked impressive. Georgia's had good. Uh, yeah, games. I think George. I think Georgia's has looked impressive. But you look Ohio down State's the been line, dominant on both sides of the ball. Alabama's just been Alabama. They've just been consistent. Two has been the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. yeah. And you look down the line here, you see that there's a lot of big matchups to come. Uh, you know, you got Auburn and Florida this week. You know, you're gonna have the SEC West sort itself out. You're getting Georgia and Florida still have to play. Um, you got Texas, you know, Notre Dame kind of looming. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of football to play coming up here, man. You got some teams kind of hanging around. And look, I mean, I think it's gonna be a a fun next couple weeks as things start to kind of shake out in terms of, of the rankings. All right, let's run through the NFL. Let's do what we do. We'll 
We'll name a game. We'll name a score. We'll name why. So Rams, Rams, Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks with this one. And I'm only going Seahawks with this one because of Russell Wilson's play this past couple of weeks. He's put that team on his back. The defense hasn't looked extremely impressive. I'm sure that's that'll change in weeks to come. Uh, Rams, to me, haven't looked good. Jared Goff's turnovers, a little problematic. So, yeah, I'm going to call this game 31-17 Seattle. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Seattle at home. Short week. Um, you got a you got a Rams team that's kind of doing some soul searching after just getting absolutely you know stunned by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week in a, in a yeah. shootout, giving up fifty five <laughs> points. Um, Famous Jameis. <laughs> I really I really like Seattle in this game. I, I think Russell Wilson's quietly been playing MVP, MVP caliber football through you know the first you know, quarter of the season, um, and he's really. I mean, he's looked really impressive. I mean, look at his numbers so far this year, 97-133, yards, eight touchdowns with, uh, I think, three on the ground. Um, and, and, yeah, so I, I really like Seattle in this game. Um, Seattle's favored by a point and a half in this one. And, uh, you know, I, I think Vegas has got it right here. Um, I, I like Seattle in a close game. I, th- I think the Rams will, will obviously be – What's your score prediction? Be competitive. I'm going to say 20, 20 to 17 Seattle. Right. Low scoring game. Thursday night games usually low scoring. Arizona, Cincinnati. Guess what? I don't give a fuck about this game. I hope Arizona wins this game just so Kyler Murray can get a win. I don't like the Bengals. I'm sorry, Thomas. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Grunky. <laughs> but right, I don't, so... I don't, I don't want to, I don't care about the Bengals. I want to see the rookie get, get, a, get a win. And look good doing it, and he should be able to do it against this shithole ass Bengals fucking defense. My score then, prediction: seventeen three. This Hard. game, I mean, this game might might not ever good on red zone because these teams. I mean, God, this is going to be a shitty game. They should give the ticket holders their fucking money back for this. Game. Right, this fucking is a terrible dope. product. I should get twenty free beers for showing up to this piece of shit game. Oh my God, I can't believe pe- people in America have to be subjugated to this nonsense. Um, I like the fucking I like the Cardinals to get their first win of the season in this game. Cincinnati just looks lost, and Kyler Murray, um, I mean he's a rookie. He's thrown some interceptions, and he hasn't looked great, but he also hasn't looked horrible. Um, so I, I like Kyler Murray in this one. I mean, the one thing about the about the the Cliff Kingsbury era here in Arizona is that I think it's going to be very short. Interesting to see sure. how long a yeah how long he'll sure. last. B, <laughs> but what you know the, the entire point of this year is Kyler Murray getting him developed, and getting him acclimated yep. to NFL football, and being patient zero for this man's first NFL offense. Yeah. So what what, what are you thinking on this one? Oh, I already said what I'm thinking. I know Arizona's going to take this one. Seventeen three. I got that. Seventeen three. That yeah. that sounds about right. The Bengals suck. All right. Um, Let's let's go Buffalo Tennessee. This is a toss up to me because well, sometimes Marcus Mariota wants to play football, sometimes he doesn't. So this he's gonna play better than he has you know before the Falcons game, and then it, he looked mediocre. But I think I think we're gonna see something good from Marcus Mariota. I think we're gonna see something good from Josh Allen, but maybe just not enough. I think this this game to me is a twenty eight twenty four Titans game. He's 
Josh Allen might not play, which I think is going to be the key factor in this one. Fair. Um, you know, all all signs point. You know, Vegas is really pointing towards Tennessee here, minus three being the pick, over under thirty nine. So I like it to be a low scoring game. I'm going to say Tennessee twenty seven and uh, Buffalo 10. I think this will be one that Tennessee wins in a convincing fashion. I just don't think Buffalo will be able to generate offense if Josh Allen doesn't play. True. All right. What's your score prediction? 27-10, Tennessee. Fair. Ooh, Chicago versus Oakland. Once again, another game that eh, I don't really care about. I feel like Chicago win this game on the strength of defense as long as Mitch Trubisky doesn't shit the ball away every play he gets. Once again, 17-10, Bears. Uh, Trubisky probably won't play, but I think that'll actually help them because Chase Daniels will do his his game management. I like the Bears in this one. Khalil Mack revenge game, 21-3, Bears. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Now, this game is interesting because Drew Brees is hurt and also that Jameis Winston is coming off of a game where he decided he wanted to look like a quarterback again instead of look like the man that molested an Uber driver. Uh yeah. So for Jameis, I'm saying I Tampa actually, Bay takes this one. Uh, no, in upset fashion. I'm talking about last second. Uh, nah, I can't fuck with that one on this one. Right. It's it, it's in that it's in the dome. That crowd's gonna be hype. New Orleans is three and one, big home game, division rival. That crowd, Bourbon Street's going to be popping. Jameis is going to do something stupid. Um, I really like the Saints in a, in a high scoring game here. I like this one: Saints thirty four, Buccaneers twenty seven. Fair enough. Ooh, Minnesota at New York. Okay, I'm saying I'm taking the Giants in this one just because of Danny Dimes. I'm, I'm saying 28. Kirk Cousins is fucking terrible. <laughs> Delvin Cook, you can't save the entire team. For fuck's sake, Adam Thielen had, what, five yards last week? Jesus Christ, man. I could throw if I had one fucking eye and three toes. I, I agree. I, I mean, all the action is on is on the Giants or on the uh, Vikings. They're five and a half point favorites. But I like I like the Giants to not outright win, but make it competitive and cover. I, I like the Vikings in this game, twenty three to twenty, and it, it, you know to be a game where we look at it like, man, Kirk Cousins probably does actually suck. Like <laughs> Minnesota will escape this game on the strength of Dalvin Cook. Fair. All right, another dumpster fiver game: New York and Philly. I just say Philly. Carson Wentz needs to win this game. That's it, it puts him in a better position to going down the stretch. They got yep. games to be taken, you know, putting a playoff contention. Yep. Absolutely. I agree there. I think this is a big one. This is my lock of the week. The jets with a backup quarterback with Le'Veon Bell, not really doing much. I like, uh, yeah, I like, I like Philadelphia big in this one. 34, 10 Pittsburgh at Baltimore. I, I, Mason Rudolph looked decent. I, I mean, Lamar Jackson's good. We know this. He's a good quarterback. But Baltimore's defense, I feel like they they might make some mistakes against you know an up and coming quarterback. And I feel like this. I feel like this game could be end up being high scoring. I feel like I could I could see this ending thirty five twenty eight. I actually forty two thirty five. I actually agree. I think this game's gonna go way over. I like this game to be in the fifties. 
I, I like Baltimore to win. I think Lamar Jackson will be able to make some big plays with his feet and with his arm. Um, I'm going to call this one 34-31 Baltimore. All right, fam. In the interest of time, we're gonna let's run through let's run through the rest of these. So, uh, New England, Washington. Do we even really need to talk about that? Nope. Patriots Haskins. all day. Yep. Haskins isn't ready. All right. Jacksonville at Carolina. I like the way Josh is playing. Or Kyle's playing. Jesus said Josh. I like the way that kid's playing for the Carolina Panthers. I and I like Gardner Minshew, but I still think Carolina takes care of this one. Uh, with Minshew being limited with his knee, I, I I agree. I like I like Carolina in this one as well. Atlanta at Houston. I know Atlanta struggled. I still like him over Houston. I know it's at home, but I still expect that Houston always falls short. And this this gives Atlanta a win. Uh, yep, I like the Falcons in this one as well. I just Bill O'Brien. I just don't. I don't see it with him as a coach. I think he's one of the more overrated coaches in the league. Uh, so yeah, I like the Falcons in this one. Denver at L.A. Chargers, they got this one on lock. Denver's, Denver's just – it smoked itself retarded out of, out of, out of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos are kind of in a transitional period, but the only issue is they don't have a cornerback, which is kind of the most important thing you need to in terms of a transition. So, yeah, I agree. I like the, charge in the Chargers in this one. I love this game. This is my favorite game of the week. It's Green Bay at Dallas, and I feel like that – I feel like Dallas is going to steal this one. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to going to make a comeback drive, and, and Dak and the and, and them boys are just going to come down the field and just snatch it from him. I I agree. I like I like Dallas to win this game. I actually like Zeke Elliott to have a big impact on this one. But yeah, I agree. The Cowboys will take this take this game. Another game I like this week is Indianapolis at Kansas City. A lot of people. Someone has asked me why I like this game, and I like it because I like Jacoby Brissett. I like Patrick Mahomes, and I think these two are going to have fun with this game. I think they're going to put up points, and I think it's going to come down to the wire until the fourth quarter when the Chiefs pull away. Yep, I would agree. I think the Chiefs are, you know, along with the Patriots, looking like one of the classes organizations so far this year in the league. Uh, so I, 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 I would be shocked if they lost this game. And then you have Cleveland, San Francisco. I'm taking San Francisco. This is going to be an ugly game. I feel like both these quarterbacks are going to throw some lame ducks and a couple picks here and there. But all in all, I think San Francisco comes out of this one barely. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I like. I like the. Uh... No, you know what? Actually, I, I changed my mind on this one. I like the. <laughs> I like the Browns. The swagger I like the Browns, last week. But I do I do think this will be a game where, you know, Baker will probably throw for 350 and three touches but a couple picks. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have one of those up-and-down games that he's prone to having. Yep. Uh, and I think the Browns actually will take this game. Dang, all right. Well, those are our predictions and those are our uh, picks for everyone this week. Thanks for uh, listening to Welcome to Transfer Portal. I'm Ron. That's Lamar. And we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Take it easy.